Welcome back to Input 2. I'm Dylan, your host with the most, and today with me is... Blake Chapman, Managing Editor for ByteBSU. And you better sit down and plug in your headphone jack, because this is another exciting episode of Input 2. And today we're going to be talking about... Mortal Kombat! Dun 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 dun. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited to speak about this film. I'm actually signed up to write the, the review for the latest iteration of Mortal Kombat coming to HBO Max. Yeah, Blake and I just sat down and watched both of the 1990s versions yes. of Mortal Kombat yesterday. Gotta say... I've watched a lot of trash movies in my time, but uh, the 1997 version comes nowhere. Like, the 1997 version is the most trash movie I've ever watched. Yes. it's uh, Annihilation is awful. Um, but, yeah, we'll be speaking a little bit about, you know, what worked, maybe. Definitely, Definitely more of what worked in the work. first one, but a lot more of what didn't work in both and what we're holding out for in, in the, the 2021 release. Yeah, um, budgets are looking pretty good for the 2020 release, so hopefully we'll get something good, but big budget doesn't always mean better. That is true. So let's start off with Mortal Kombat 1995. Um, As a simple plot synopsis, don't know how simple of a plot synopsis you can make for this movie, um, uh, Shang Tsung basically sends out invitations to a bunch of uh, really, you know, heavy-hitting martial artists from throughout the world to uh, face off in Mortal Kombat, and he's hoping that Earthrealm will lose this because if they lose the 10th Mortal Kombat, then that means that his realm, Outworld, will be able to inv- invade Earthrealm and basically take it over. And, yeah, that's basically all this movie has to offer in terms of story. Yes, that's all it is. It's the story of Mortal Kombat. I mean, yes. how how difficult can you make it? It's a giant so, tournament where people fight. That's about it. They fight to the death, mm-hmm. and Shang Tsung steals their souls. Yes. Your soul is mine. Oh, it's the best line in the movie. Um, Speaking speaking of of weird comedic bits... That was going into like what works. Um, strangely enough, I think a good portion of what was supposed to be the comedy writing in this movie actually kind of worked. Of course, by today's standards, I think it's pretty bland, but for the time, most of the jokes actually land, and I chuckled quite a bit. Yeah, I had a good laugh at some of them. <laughs> though I though I will say it's hard to tell if a lot of what we saw as jokes were meant to be funny or if they were just ridiculous on their own accord. Like I think, um, Shang Tsung's acting, um, is, is hilarious, but I don't know if it's hilarious just because it's overacted or if it's like, like he's genuinely supposed to be like a dark humorous character or like some of Liu Kang's lines, like actually, hit a little bit or even Johnny Cage too but it's kind of confusing as to be like did they actually sit down and we're like oh yeah this they're really gonna they're really gonna laugh at this stuff and then oh they're you know they'll feel really emotional at some of these other moments and it's just the complete opposite yeah a lot of the overacting was a little bit hilarious I especially like the joke where Luke Ken takes Johnny Cage's uh 
baggage and throws it into the harbor. Can can you put this on the ship? Yeah, Johnny Cage is like, oh yeah, sure. Here, uh, how it works is I give you money and you carry my bags. And he's like, okay, sure. Takes the twenty dollar <laughs> bill or whatever, picks up his, you know, uh, very expensive Louis Vuitton uh, luggage. Uh, luggage and just throws it in Hong Kong's harbor and just looks at him and is like, okay, I got free <laughs> cash and just walks off. Like that was that was pretty funny. That hit. That was that was a hit joke. I mean, I thought it was great. But there's not like much of that in the movie anyway. Yeah. Though I will though I will say I think to give them credit, uh most of the writing I don't get how they could take it seriously. Um but I think in most instances it works for them. Yeah, I thought that it worked out very well. At least the writing in the first movie worked mm-hmm. out very well <laughs> for what it was. Yes. So it did pretty good. I especially enjoyed the intro and the fact that every fight scene had the Mortal Kombat theme yes. music. That was enjoyable. The score, simply put, the music is one of the only reasons that this movie still lives in infamy. Um, from the title theme to every action sequence that feels like it has its own you know, bumping score, I now fully understand why the soundtrack became so known as a quintessential piece of the club scene of the time like it it just feels awesome like you know every action sequence every fight you know the the just the movie starts up and it's like if i could just repeat the first 30 seconds of the movie where all it is is just the mortal Kombat theme for an hour and a half i think i'd much rather watch that than the entire rest of this film yes i can agree with that the theme and the scores for each of the fight scenes actually got your blood pumping. It kind of mm-hmm. wanted. It was better than caffeine. It was great. Yeah. I loved it. It was enjoyable. I will say one other thing. Going back to a little bit of the acting. Again, some of the acting is wonderful, but again, it's just flat out hilarious because it is overacting. Um, uh, Hiroyuki Tagawa as Shang Tsung and Trevor Goddard as Kano are like peak acting jank of the 1990s. The rest of the cast, not so much, but we'll get into that um, featured in, in things we didn't like about it. But yeah, like your soul is mine and just some of oh, the excellent overacting bits where they they've just become like memes in their own right, just in the, in the world of cinema were were some of the best parts of this film. There were a lot of things that I really didn't like about this movie. But the humor and the the scores were definitely, like, the best parts. And then some of the overacting was actually pretty funny as it's on its own. So mm-hmm. I suppose that was good. So do you have more on what you actually liked? Because I'm ready to get into all of the oh, things I'm, I I'm, didn't I'm, like. ready, I'm ready to get into the did not work. Definitely. Okay. What, so do, you, what do you have down first? The first thing is the movie's... Fight choreography. Yes. Did it you? I mean, I watched that. Yes, it was hilarious, but it was also so hammy. No, absolutely. For a movie where fifty percent of the action, or for for more more uh, concisely, fifty percent of the movie is supposed to be focused on like fisticuff battles, the way these face-offs are directed leaves like a lot to be desired. I think while we were watching it. At its best, 
It's like watching a great episode of Power Rangers. And at its worst, it's worse than the worst episode you can think of from Power Rangers. Like the, the Dutch angles and all the other awfully dated editing techniques make it look super corny. Yeah, it was extra corny. I feel like they could have done better if they would have just cut off some of the angles that they took. Because then you could tell everything was kind of fakeish looking. Yeah. Because it stood out. It was obvious. Mm-hmm. And I think especially, um, and this is for some directors, like this is just a problem that persists today, is when you're shooting fight scenes, a lot of cuts between you know punches or kicks instead of just keeping the camera in one place for a while on one central character will make it look a lot more obvious that this, it makes it look more comic bookish. Like it's not happening in real time and it makes it obvious. Like there's one fight in here that's a very poor example of, uh, I think Scorpion teleports Johnny Cage to Netherrealm or some other dimension. And they're fighting on this like ladder-like walkway And within the span of 30 seconds, there's at least, like, there's not one shot that lasts for longer than two seconds within the span of that entire fight. And all of the scenes in that fight scene were so corny. Yeah. I love the fact that he defeated Scorpion and Scorpion turned into, you know, Magma Boy. And and exploded. Like, that was fun. That was fun. And it was a good explosion compared to the second movie, which Mm -hmm. we'll get into later probably because the explosion in the second movie was absolute trash. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, I think that, you know, it, it there's a lot, even from just the first couple moments of this film, it's very apparent that, it's very hammy, yeah. um, and, and a lot of the, the techniques of the time did not age well. Yeah, it did not stand up to the aging. The next thing I have on my list were things that I didn't really like, well, besides the bar in Hong Kong, but we'll get into that later, <laughs> was the poor lighting in almost every scene. I know it's supposed to be a gritty, dark-type you know, movie, mm-hmm. but they could have done a little bit better on the lighting. because, And then some of the audio, mm-hmm. but that might have been because of... Uh, you know, just where we were watching it at. Yeah, we but, were watching in the UML. Yeah, so that was I, a little, and then the George Floyd trial was going on, so yeah. it was kind of loud. I think um, the definitely uh, both the effects, whether animated or practical, whether it's lighting or whatever, are some of the poorest aspects of the film. I will I will give it to him. Some of the physical sets look great, like very intricate and very doom and gloomy, but specifically. Any of the CGI and animated effects are just so obviously fake. Like, whether it's Raiden's lightning powers or a reptile jumping out from camouflage or whatever. Like, it just, it looks awful. It, oh, look, it looks, it was it looks like a, it looks like a PS1 game. Like, the gra- like it looks like I'm just viewing a cutscene from, like, the original release of Final Fantasy VII. And it looks awful. Like... There's nothing else to say about this. I'm yeah. I'm amazed that, of course, the, the budgets are completely different, but I'm amazed that in the same decade that something like Jurassic Park comes out, which is still a pinnacle of how to do good CGI, realistic CGI in a movie, that this was also in the same era. Like, it, yeah. it feels like these are in two completely different realms. 
the CGI was trash. And CGI has come a long way mm-hmm. in 25 years. Mm-hmm. So we have high ho- high hopes for the new Mortal Kombat movie on their CGI. That's mm-hmm. like one of the things that we could all agree on. Okay, next thing that was grinding my gears was the club in Hong Kong. <laughs> Blake sat there and listened to me criticizing this club so hardcore yesterday. I was like, this is a Hong Kong club. Why the hell are they playing American music? Mm. Like, it was 1990s American rock sort of Grunge, music. different stuff, yes. yeah. It didn't make sense to me. It's in Hong Kong. Do the people of are the people do the people of Hong Kong like to listen to American music? I don't know. Is it catering to the people who live in Hong Kong? I mean, come on. I think it, within that there's a lot of other weird set piece or story beats that that play into that about how they're just self-contained nuggets. Like that whole Hong Kong scene, all it's used for is to establish Kano's character and to establish Sonya Blade's character. And it lasts, it has no impact and it lasts for maybe a couple minutes and i think like that is a major problem throughout the first act of this movie is that a lot of characters are just introduced suddenly um or they're just thrust into new set pieces before they can actually settle like yeah it moves from um we move from la to hong kong to fight island to outworld very rapidly and of course, the total runtime's only an hour and a half. But I mean, come on! Like, it doesn't feel. It feels like the fringes need to be just a pushed bit further apart. A little bit further apart, or just like uh, uh, reduced. Yeah, it was kind of jarring to jump from L.A. to Hong Kong to the island mm-hmm. because you didn't. I didn't really know any of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a new person coming into this with no experience in the game Mortal Kombat, Mm. you don't know who the heck these people are, Mm. and you have no clue what their backgrounds are. So they should have probably established the characters a little bit more slowly and kind of introduced you to them so that you would have, like, this emotional connection to them. I mean, Liu Kang is the only one, I think, that is... Actually done kind of Kind of well, but the thing is, with his backstory, it's established within... You know, the first couple minutes of the movie that, you know, he's having nightmares about Shang Tsung killing his brother and he has to go all the way back to the Temple of Light um, to, uh, I guess, like seek wisdom from the elders or whatever. But at the same time, you know, it's cutting back and forth from him, who it's kind of established that he's supposed to be the main, main protagonist along with Sonya and Johnny. But it's cutting back and forth between the three of them in a very jarring fashion, and it doesn't make much sense uh, going forward. I can agree with that, because once they got onto the island and Mortal Kombat started, um, Johnny Cage was taken by Scorpion, Mm -hmm. and we have Liu Ken fighting some random guy, and we also have Sonya fighting some random guy. Mm -hmm. Were these all going on at the same time, or, like, what? Because I have no clue what was happening. I thought the... I thought the Johnny Cage and Liu Ken thing were going on at the same time because Johnny Cage was in the forest and Liu Ken was on the beach fighting mm-hmm. the fighting that dude. I don't they should have spaced these like accurately and done it well and they could have established what was going on where, but mm-hmm. you know Or at least focused, I think, just made the plot of the movie focused on one central character instead of trying to 
base it out so much. Like, you know, make Liu Kang the main protagonist and then have Johnny and Sonya just... Supporting characters. Supporting characters, more so. Whereas there's too much effort put into um, writing them and, and establishing them into the world that it takes away from the overall experience. I can, I can totally agree with that. I mean, I was hella confused by, <laughs> by some of the scenes in this movie. I think one one last thing that I'd want to mention is, well, I did well, I did say some of the cast is good. Most of the actors and actresses in this film are are awful. Um, Sonya, Raiden, Liu Kang, Katana—they're all wooden and and terribly. I don't know. If, well, to give it to them, the script is also not offering that much in way of emotional expression. But like, for example, like. Katana is featured in the background of the whole movie. And I am told, and the characters tell me multiple times over, oh, Katana's the answer to everything. Katana's like such a mega super important character. She's and a princess. She's the princess of, of Outworld or, or the world that used to be what Outworld became. But for the whole movie, she does nothing. And extending into Annihilation... She also more or less does nothing besides fighting like once or twice in that movie. Um, and I think that that's something awfully important that we can take from especially the first film is that I am told a lot about all of these different interactions and all these characters, but nothing matters. Exactly. Nothing sticks. Okay, the next the next thing that I have on this list where was Oh my god, that turkey. And the and Ganora or whatever his name is. I, I you know, I, I probably didn't spell it right, but yeah. Ganora looked like a clay model. He didn't he didn't look like good Or Goro. Goro, Goro. Goro, yes. Yeah. Oh my oh goodness. My Goro is is put in so Goro is uh, for people who are unaffiliated with the Mortal Kombat lore or haven't played the games before, Goro is basically a giant, like, eight or nine foot tall, um, really beefy fighter with four arms who is huge. He's very muscular. And I don't know whose decision it was to make him look like a stop-motion claymation figure from the never-ending story or or some Jim Henson film, but he looks awful. Like, he's not scary because he's frightening. He's scary because... He looks so bad. He looks awful. Like, his finger... When they you, when you first see the fingers, you're like, <laughs> he's got oh, like... that's okay. That, that looks fine. I know that those are sausage fingers, but it's okay. <laughs> we haven't seen the rest of them yet. We don't know how awful he's going to be, but... He looks like once we're introduced to him, he's just. Like, he looks like a centipede. Yeah. He looks like like a fleshy centipede, just stacked on like one half of it stacked on on top of each other, and it just looks awful. And I don't, I can't take him seriously when he's on screen. And like that's one of the main villains of the story. Yes, and then um, the guy that starts with a K. Kano. Like, yeah, Kano, when he was eating like with. Guy's name Goro. All the time. Yeah, Goro. When he was eating with Goro, oh my god. Did you see that f- turkey leg? I, I'm gonna have to censor that, but <laughs> oh my god, did you see that turkey yes, leg? It was that awful. thing looked like it was made out of plastic and clay. 
It looks so greasy. A lot I can of, feel the grease dripping off a, of it. A lot I mean, of a lot of the the physical sets either look very intricate and I think work well, and some but some of the props just just don't land at all. And that also extends a little bit into Annihilation as well. Um, like costuming's fine, some of the set designs fine, but everything that fills that space is lackluster. Yeah. The best thing, like the best part of the set design in this film was when the ghost ship pulled up. Yes. Like the Mortal Kombat ship. Go- the ghostly was, Mortal Kombat ship was excellent. That like, thing was like, that was the best scene in the movie, gotta mm. say. Because mm. that came in looking so dope. I was thinking that it was going to be... I th- I thought things were going to get better from there. Mm. They, they didn't. They didn't, but, of course, but... But I thought things were going to get better after that. Speaking of things that we thought would get better, let's talk about Annihilation. Yeah, moving right on into Annihilation. We thought Annihilation was going to be better. It had a bigger budget. It, it did. It had, like, double better. the budget. $30 million, I think. Uh, two years later, 1997... And then within 20 minutes of the movie, I see a green screen flicker. That was piss poor, man. That was awful. Yeah. Um, speaking as, like, honestly, the only thing that worked in Annihilation um, was, the, was music. the music. Like, And I think most of the – I think more than likely the only reason why is because I would harbor a guess that it was just a copy-paste of, like, the original score. Like, if you – if you played the score from the nineteen ninety five Mortal Kombat back to back with Annihilation, it, it would match up pretty would, well. Exactly, and I think you know if it if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But that's one of the only things that this movie has going for it. Like, yeah, we we could list all of the things that were absolutely trash about this movie, but then we would be here for like an hour. Yes. Focusing on like some particulars that. I wrote down while we were watching this, um, and and again, it, it's for for posterity. This movie had double the budget. It was produced two years after the first one, um, and, and somehow the effects are worse. Yeah, somehow the and it got like, but it got half the box office for good reason, and somehow it got worse. Of uh, the effects in particular, um, the ending. Fight scene looks like a bad episode of Animorphs. Um, the only good thing was thick thighs kill lives. Uh, yes, um, that and that happened like multiple times throughout was this it, film. That was like Sonya coming and ripping, like he, she just crushed this guy, <laughs> crushes a guy's skull and like like cracks someone's necks with their legs. But the, I mean, like there's also green screen tearing that's painfully obvious in the first couple minutes, and even some of the practical explosions are awful as well. The explosion in the end scene looked worse than the explosion in the first movie. When Scorpion died in the first movie, we got an amazing explosion. Like, of course, like, you know, him, you know, blowing up, uh, getting fried and blown up into a bunk, butch, bunk, butch, <laughs> bunch of chunks. I could tell, like, that wasn't. You know, that, that wasn't a thing. That was just a practical effect. They didn't, you know, actually blow someone up. But, like, some of the, just the green screen effects in this, the, it's so painfully obvious that it was either filmed on a green screen, it wasn't filmed on a physical set, or there was, and 
you know, we're watching, like, we're not watching this on, you know, some pirated YouTube stream. Like, it's it's straight from, Annihilation is available on HBO Max right yeah, now. Yeah, we were watching it on HBO Max. And it still looks awful. And it's so jarring from the rest of the movie that I, on effects alone, I wouldn't want to watch it again. Just because it's cringeworthy. The storyline, the humor that I, it was just awful. I mean, there, <laughs> there are no words for this film. It was absolute garbage. Yes. It was a steaming pile of trash. Yes. Um, of course, we sat there and watched that steaming pile of trash. I mean, we could have just given up halfway through, but we thought it was going to get better yeah, at some point. No. Um, the story, I, to give the original credit, there was a somewhat comprehensible, understandable structure of story in the original but in, this in Annihilation, one, it, it kind, there kind of wasn't no. any real story going on. It was like... it's sprint, They're basically sprinting across the world, trying to gather up this, this coalition of people to uh, fight Shao Kahn, who is now invading Earthrealm, which of course makes no sense because Liu Kang... One Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat, which means that for another generation, they can't invade, but... Um, they tried to explain that with some portals thing, and I was like, y'all are a bunch of it, liars. It doesn't make sense. Um, but they spend... And there's multiple subplots going on within that. I mean, Sonya has to go and recruit Jax, who now has his, his of course, like signature metal arms. Liu Kang has to... Um, Go find Nightwolf to unlock his inner animal, which of course comes into play in the last part of the movie with that awful Animorphs episode. And then Katana is locked up by Shao Kahn and does nothing again for the majority of the movie. Um, and it's all of those like little circular patterns going on within this larger narrative, and it just doesn't work. Um, there's not enough breathing room to let different characters' actions matter, and a lot of them, I think, just fall flat. It was from one scene to the next to the next. Yes. It was back to back, wall to wall. Absolute garbage. One of the better things was when, um, oh, what's Frozen Guy's name? Sub-Zero. I, yeah, Sub-Zero. His powers actually got better in this movie. Yes. His, his effects actually looked... A little decent. bit more decent than the original movie. Mm -hmm. They're still not up to par at all. Yeah. But, like, they look better. They looked better. But, I mean, uh, of course, like, Sub-Zero is another good example that I didn't write down here. But, like, a lot of these characters, at least, again, giving the first movie credit, a lot of the characters that matter to the lore of Mortal Kombat were in that movie for an extended period of time, and they had an effect on the plot. Whether it's Liu Kang, Johnny Cage, Sonya Blade, Goro, Shang Tsung, um, Sub-Zero, Sub -Zero, Scorpion. Scorpion. A lot of those characters that are in the extended universe of, of this established property just make a single appearance and then disappear. Like Rain, Noob Saibot, Melina, Sub-Zero, Scorpion. They're all in there for... A nanosecond. Yeah, like and a then fraction of a minute. A fraction of, of any time. Like, specifically Melina. Like, Melina in, in the lore of Mortal Kombat is heavily connected to Katana's character. And she so 
excuse me. She so shows up to fight uh, Sonya in the middle of the desert once, and she gets defeated in the same fight. And she's dead. She's dead. Like it. It. It baffles me how. And it, it, this is a problem that comes with creating a movie that's based on an ensemble cast. Like, you have to give everyone the space and the the script and the writing to... Kind of develop them. As develop characters. themselves as characters. But it just never came together. Um, and I think, you know, I, I remember that at the end of the movie... Um, Jax was uh, talking trash to Raiden about what exactly they were doing here. And I think the exact wording was, "Are you? what are you doing taking us on a wild goose chase? And honestly, the best way to describe this movie in just a couple words is a wild, is a wild goose, goose chase. chase in every definition. It was just absolutely terrible. I would mm. not watch that movie again. You could not pay me. Oh, you could probably pay me. <laughs> I mean, if you paid me a million dollars, I would sit there and watch that movie. Because, you know, student loan debt. Uh, <laughs> is a real thing. thing. It's not a fun thing. It's not a fun thing. And it's a real thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it is it's it is a hunk of garbage. And the reception that it received is um, deserved. Uh, I believe... Last I checked, it has, like, less than three stars on IMDb. It has, like, an 11 on Metacritic. Um, It has an even worse Rotten Tomato score than the first one. And that's another important thing to note is my expectations were already pretty low for both of these films. But somehow Annihilation... managed to sink your expectations lower. lower. Like, Like, especially Annihilation... Like the bar is up here, and some like somehow let me just say, annihilation just drags the bar down yes, into the depths of the ocean. Like, it's like like the the directors and the producers and the writers of Annihilation must be some of the best limbo players I've I've ever heard of because they just completely bend under that bar. Uh, totally, they do not they do not even try to clear it. Um, but I guess in conclusion. Going into this year, we're getting a new uh, big-budget Mortal Kombat movie releasing. It's got ninety-five million dollars. Got ninety-five so million dollar budget. Um, releasing. Oh, I gotta do quick math here. Twenty-four years after Annihilation came out. What are you hoping for? What's something good that uh, would be? Uh, decent for I, for this movie. I actually watched the trailer and I thought that Lou. Sub Zero's effect actually looked pretty decent in that trailer. Mm. Of course, there's there's no telling that it will actually look as translate well. Yeah, and then that's that's pretty much all I saw. I mm. mean, I saw Lucan. I saw well, I don't think I saw J- Jacob. Not Jacob. John Chase. No. Uh, Johnny Cage. Yeah, Johnny Cage. Uh. I think I saw him. I might not have seen him. Mm. But I definitely seen Jocks. We saw Mr. Bionic Arms. <laughs> I gotta say, the new Bionic Arms actually look pretty good. Pretty, yeah. Very nice. Um, pretty quality. I will say, I will second the effects thing. Um, I think... it's It's been 24 years. It's the been 24 years. They better. had to have gotten better. And from all the promotional material I've seen thus far, um, they look really good. 
Um, obviously, like, I have a much larger suspension of disbelief for a movie like Mortal Kombat. But I think that this time around, especially because this new release is going to be the first R-rated one, both Annihilation and the original were PG-13. Um, yeah, that's I think there's, another thing that I was, like, curious about. There's gonna be, I think there's going to be... It's going to play a lot more into the heavily mature, gory themes that are present in the gameplay of the originals, of, of the source material. And I think that that's a really important component um, just for fans of, of the original and people that are interested in seeing this movie um, just not from a from a connoisseur standpoint, but I think on a just enjoyable, you know, grandiose spectacle level, um, the effects need to be rocking. Yeah. And from everything we've seen thus far, I think they will be. I might have to come in and beg Blake to let me watch the new Mortal Kombat <laughs> because I've actually got some good expectations for this new one that's coming out. And if it fails the expectations, mm. I'm going to be utterly sad. I kind of want to see what CGI they have mm. because if they have not enhanced the CGI <laughs> from 1995. It, and I think it'll be really apparent from the beginning if it does feel at least a tad bit more realistic or um, it, it's just better. I think that will strengthen the whole movie going forward. Yeah, I hope that they bring in the characters a little bit slower mm. and kind of introduce you to them. I really, really, <laughs> really hope that they're focusing on one main protagonist. Yes. This time. Actually, when we looked at the trailer, there was the new human protagonist. Human guy. The, the... I, I don't understand why they <laughs> needed a new human guy. The, the, because... I mean, Liu Kang's in the original. He's, you know, he's a... He's pretty advanced human. fighter, but he's from Earthrealm. Um, but I think that is another important thing to note is the Annihilation in the original, I think, tried too hard and spread you know, themselves too thin when it came to writing three main characters where one is the supposed main, main protagonist. Whereas now a lot of the characters that the fans have come to know and love are going to be more supplementary or be side characters. And I never will be a proponent of that being the norm when it comes to like video game adaptations or big budget monster verse flicks or whatever. But I think this time around it might work in their favor. Yes. If it you just will fo focus if on one just... central one. If they just focus on that human, yeah. quote unquote, character, I think it'll work out better for them in the long run, considering that they stretch themselves quite a bit thinner on the um, first two, mm. even though the first two were absolute carnage. And I think, um, you know, another important thing to note is it's it's Mortal Kombat. Don't take yourself too seriously. Um I think, you know, one of one of the errors that a lot of previous um, previous video game adaptations have had uh, when trying to translate them to film is that they're either written with no respect to the source material, um, or, or no interest in the larger sort of world building that's present, 
And at the same time, some of them take themselves way too seriously. Like uh, one of the major criticisms of, I think, 2017 or 2018's Warcraft, which was an, a film adaptation of World of Warcraft, was that it expected its entire audience to come in knowing all this lore and that it's supposed to be this uber serious story and whatever. And it failed because people really don't want to see or hear any of that. And I think something like the Sonic the Hedgehog movie works so well because it knew it was supposed to be silly and funny and dumb. It's it's a Sega game that's built for kids. That's and, pretty and much how the Detective Pikachu movie was, too. Exactly. That's, I mean, it didn't take itself too seriously, but it was serious enough to where... It, it had enough of the fanfare. Yeah. And I think that's something that hopefully will be adopted into this script and into this film. But, you know... Anything you think should be avoided. Expectations are low for this movie. <laughs> anyway. We already have a low bar because of the first two. Mm. The first one set the bar high enough to where the second one just dragged the bar down. Mm. So now the second one has set the bar so low that we're just kind of um, expecting the worst at this point. Mm. We're just going to have to suspend some disbelief yeah. and just... Uh, Watch the movie at some point. I definitely need to beg Blake to so come <laughs> in and watch this. I think... Um, or are they doing it on Bite on the Couch? Yes. That, I might just have to come in for that. Or um, Is there like a thing that I can sign up yeah. for? Yeah. Uh, we, we um, as as a little bit of an advert, as a plug, um, Bite on the Couch will be streaming live on uh, Bite BSU's Facebook page this Friday around 9 p.m. And we'll be covering... Uh, the HBO Max release of Mortal Kombat 2021. Um, so if anyone listening, you know, wants to tune into that, um, they can. Uh, but yeah, I will also say my expectations are pretty, pretty low. Um, I think, and I think one thing that you should avoid, that they should avoid, hopefully, is um, just spreading themselves too thin too thin you know make it um make it cohesive make it accurate make it cohesive have fun um but people's uh expectations are pretty low anyway um of course i don't expect this to be the next citizen kane but you know my expectations were fairly high for godzilla versus kong and i didn't particularly like that movie so, and this is the next big budget spectacle of the I spring. Heard big Monkey lost. Big Monkey did lose multiple times, um, but the real losers were the people that paid an HBO Max subscription just to watch that movie. Mortal Kombat, I have a little bit more hope for, um, but ultimately, we shall see. As for the original two, I know the original uh, you can stream for free on Peacock, and Annihilation is available on HBO Max. Again, don't know why you would watch both of them, but they're there. Yeah, they're they're there. And as for us, um, I'm giving both a thumb down. Yeah, I'm I'm just. I mean, the first one had good was good, but the second one just deserves the thumbs down, and the first one deserves a maybe okay-ish. But it was good for the wrong medium. reasons. Yeah, it was good for the wrong reasons. So this, there you go. This has been your host with the most, Dylan and Blake Chapman. We hope you had a wonderful time listening to this Input to episode. Join us next time as we talk about more movies, more film, more TV. 
and hopefully I'll bring you something decent the next time because <laughs> I have not been putting out as often as I should. <laughs> so thank you and see you next time on another exciting episode of Input 2.